Hello friends and welcome to this special Pentecost themed episode of The Myth Pilgrim. Today I'm going to do something a little bit different. Rather than using a classical myth or story to explore the theme of wilderness, I'm going to be sharing a part of my own story. A real life testimony, if you like, of a time when the Holy Spirit literally drew me into the wilderness, into the heart of the Australian outback, and took me on quite a remarkable journey. To this date, this is still one of the most transformative experiences of my life and certainly opened me up to the Holy Spirit in a way I didn't even know was possible. I am excited and a little bit nervous about presenting this testimony, but I trust that this episode itself is a prompting from the Spirit. And ultimately, that it is his tale that I'm telling, and therefore truly worth telling. You're listening to The Myth Pilgrim, and I am Brother Lawrence of the Missionaries of God's Love. At its heart, the spiritual journey is a delightful and perilous adventure, just like the myths and fairy tales we love. This podcast is also a journey, learning from both wizards and saints, enchanted princesses, and inner demons. Together, we'll discover how the great symbols of myth and fairy tale can guide us on our journey to God. So my testimony begins two years ago uh, in 2019. So at that stage, I was a fifth-year brother in the Missionaries of God's Love, and around that time in our formation, um, brothers are sent away um, somewhere to do a what we call a mission placement, which is like a sort of like a full-time, you know, six months of full-time uh, work experience, <laughs> if you can call it that, um, for us brothers to have an experience of what it's like to be in a full-time mission placement. So I had about seven um, locations to choose from uh, in which I could apply for mission placement, you know, overseas and around Australia. But the one place I really didn't want to go was in Darwin, uh, which is, those of you who don't know, it's in the north of Australia, um, quite remote from the rest of Australia, and a very strong sort of indigenous Australian, First Nation Australian community there. The reason I didn't want to go there was because I just figured that, A, it was completely foreign to um, my own uh, culture, my own upbringing. Um, But secondly, I actually felt my natural gifting, like my ministry skills, uh, wouldn't really make a difference um, you know like put me in front of a classroom put me in front of you know even a microphone recording podcasts you know uh, give me um, allow me to talk to a youth group or, or, or a youth ministry or something I'd be comfortable yeah I've done heaps of that before but presence ministry with the indigenous you know where you know community and, and family and and even uh, kind of like a very physical expression of the faith I just figured no that's not for me and I secretly even hoped I'll never be sent there uh, one day as a priest but against my own expectations even, every time I brought mission placement into prayer, the city of Darwin kept coming into my heart. In a way, I couldn't articulate even when I was trying to explain to the formators, oh, well, you know, I have this feeling of wanting to go to Darwin. Oh, why do you want to go to Darwin, Lawrence? I don't know. I, can't, I couldn't explain it. And, you know, as I sat with this, this strange undercurrent kind of flowing, pulling me towards Darwin, I recognise it. Yeah, okay, this is probably like a Holy Spirit sort of thing because it happened... It's happened once before where I felt inexplicably drawn to something um, that would be contrary to my own kind of volition or my own, you know, rational kind of choices. Um, And I recognised that, okay, this is maybe something Holy Spirit-y happening in itself because I recognised there was one time in my life before, this was actually when I was discerning joining religious life, um, where the Spirit pulled me, drew me, inspired me to the missionaries of God's love against 
kind of what other people would predict. You know, they think, oh, Lawrence's personality. Let's see, he likes uh, he likes books. He likes studying. He's kind of quiet. Um, you know, think of a religious order like maybe the, the Cistercians or you know, um, you know, like a teaching order, the Dominicans, you know, the Jesuits or something. But the the MGLs, the Missionaries of God's Love, were. A charismatic order, for one, which is something I I'm like, what? What does that even mean? I'm very foreign to kind of using my whole body and open to the gift of the Spirit in, in praise and expressing the faith. Um, and it's very, I mean, outwardly superficially, it's very extroverted. Lots of big rallies, lots of young people, um, you know, always with lay people. Um, whereas it's like, well, my natural inclination is to be by myself and quiet, you know. So how does this work? Doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit drew me and the more I got to know the brothers, the MGL brothers, during the kind of come and see periods, the more I just felt this is right. And I've never looked back since. So therefore, the Holy Spirit is certainly um, knows more about me and my vocation than I do. Anyway, long story cut short, I went to Darwin, uh, I applied, got the, got my, got the uh, six months in Darwin. And my time in Darwin, honestly, is still the best experience of my life. One of the richest, most surprising, most delightful, most healing, definitely a healing experience. Um, one of the things you'll notice if you spend any amount of time with an indigenous uh, person or a community is that they are never in a rush. They taught me so much about, I mean, they are experiencing the same Catholic faith I am, the same gospel, the same Jesus Christ. But what I learned most about the indigenous is learning to wait on the spirit, learning to wait in anticipation, but also in patience, that at the right time and in the right way, um, the Lord will reveal himself and the Lord will carry and, and, and move and kind of make his way clear. Um, but wait, to wait, um, you know, I, I quoted in, in an earlier episode on the Holy Spirit and Pocahontas, this concept of Didiri, where we are river people and we can't hurry the river. We have to move with its, with its currents. You know, there's no sense in sort of trying to hurry the river up or to dam the river or control the river. No, no, we wait. And this is something that Darwin, uh, my experience in Darwin certainly taught me. And I'm actually not going to be talking about my <laughs> six months and what I, what I experienced and the people I met in Darwin. I'm only going to really focus on one little section. That's the bit where I'm suddenly called out of Darwin City to travel into Uluru, uh, the heart of Australia, which is, or some of you know Uluru as Ayers Rock, which is a three and a half days drive and it's 16,000 kilometres. Um, part of the whole mystery of the Holy Spirit and Darwin was uh, I remember when I landed and had a first chat with uh, Father Dave Tremble, who was the parish priest up in um, Darwin at that time, was saying to Dave, you know what, I, I don't understand why, <laughs> but I feel this inclination. I really want to just travel by myself from Darwin to Ayers Rock, to Uluru in the centre of Australia at some point during my six months here. I don't know why. It's not something I would do naturally. It's not my personality. Those of you who know me, it's not in my personality to do anything that sort of reckless, dangerous, um, ambitious even, you know, because um, it's quite a significant journey, especially for someone to travel by himself into the outback, right? You know, everything can go wrong from the car breaking down, running out of water, hitting cattle and, and emus and, and other things and, you know, getting lost, all that kind of stuff like that. Um, but I, again, the same mysterious drive 
that kind of drew me to Darwin was this calling, this whispering, go out into the desert, go out, to, go to Uluru. So I said this to Dave and Dave was like, oh yeah, okay, we'll see, we'll see how we can work because it's a big commitment from the mission to actually send a brother down, right? Like it's expensive for one with petrol and, you know, insurance and all that kind of stuff like that. But to even to have to adjust, you know, ministry so that I could actually have a window to go um, is quite a big ask. But um, within my last three weeks of Darwin, an opportunity did arise, a perfect window um, it was actually straight after Pentecost Sunday. So Pentecost Sunday had Mass in the morning and I set off um, pretty much straight after Mass. So one of the things um, I will mention that it was really important was at Mass, it was a youth Mass, um, that morning we had received a little, a little sheet of paper, kind of like an A5 size with a little <laughs> red flame, like a printed flame on it, you know, kind of like the tongues of fire of the Holy Spirit that we've been given, each been given. Um, so I placed this, as I began driving, I placed this image uh, of the Holy Spirit, of the fire, kind of in a way that on the dashboard, so that when I'm driving, the way it re- reflected in the, in, the, in the windscreen, it actually looked like the fire of the Spirit was actually leading my journey um, into the centre of Australia. So it's like I couldn't help gazing out of the windshield without seeing this flame <laughs> kind of on the road leading ahead, like how the, you know, um, you know, in the book of Exodus, the pillar of fire led the Israelites into the desert and through danger and all that kind of stuff. So already like the way this pilgrimage was set up this 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 calling was set up was this is going to be spirit led and it always was in my consciousness okay and i've got pictures of this by the way that i'm going to chuck on the website if you want to see how this flame thing worked on the wind on the, on the windscreen okay so one of the things i noticed straight away uh so as as the car began to leave the kind of the, the city of darwin and emerge from the the very lush trees and forest around the Darwin city. One of the things that struck me, um, outside my own expectations or experience even of my spiritual life, was this building up, this swelling within me, this desire to pray, this desire to suddenly. Um, those of you who've experienced a gift of tongues, this is definitely one of those moments where I just felt this yearning for prayer and for intercession bubbling out of me in a really strange, powerful, pregnant sort of way, and like. Even before, kind of casually, I, before I left Darwin, I had emailed a lot of my family and friends saying, hey, I'm doing this pilgrimage down to Uluru by myself. Um, you know, please send through any prayer intentions that you have so I can pray for you along the way. So I kept, certainly I kept those prayer intentions in mind, you know, sicknesses and um, people who couldn't get pregnant, you know, a family who were having financial issues, sure. But what the sense of this prayer was, was to specifically pray for the Australian church, Australians in general. Now this is, again, it's unusual for me because I, even though I was born and raised here, I I wouldn't consider myself patriotic in that sense, but this real, um, I don't know, all I can say it's a tangible sense of, okay, I've got, I hung my rosary, um, that um, my trusted kind of green rosary um, on the rear view mirror, and I was loading that rosary with prayer, going around the rosary as I was, you know, put my foot on the accelerator and kept driving south uh, towards the centre of Australia, kept on just just praying and knowing this is the thing knowing that my prayers were actually going to hit their mark it's a strange I guess now I can say it's it's praying in the spirit it wasn't just me praying to God as if me and God were separate entities but it was like the spirit was moving me inspiring me to pray the prayer of God and I somehow knew as I I remember at a certain point in the journey I went around all the cities the capital cities in Australia you know, knowing something of their intentions, their political situation, actually just interceding for them and praying for whatever grace you want released over that city, Lord, I release it in your name. 
um, this has never happened to me before. This sudden, like I became this total instrument of prayer, and that was in and of itself quite beautiful. And I thought, okay, maybe this is why the Lord's calling me uh, into into um, you know, on this little pilgrimage to pray for Australia. I'm like, sure, if that's if that's what it is, I didn't expect it, but here it goes. So I did. Okay, the next milestone, the next um, I guess chapter I'll share happened on the evening of the second night. So I've been traveling for you know, well, two and a half days at this point. It was going into evening. And so Darwin's the, the very north top end of Australia, um, tropical climate. And of course, the center of Australia is desert, is wilderness, is sand, the beautiful red sand, the red outback as you know, Australia is famous for. On this evening, uh, the very notice, there was a very noticeable transition of the, the plant life and the flora from the tropical into the red center, into the, the desert. And that transition was in itself already from a natural perspective, quite glorious. Add to the fact it was sunset. So you had that transition from day to night as well. Um, this beautiful kind of, um, I guess this transformation um, totally around me physically. But the one transformation I'll, I'll try to communicate now that is hard to articulate is interiorly, so I've been talking about this, this prayer suddenly um, kind of bubbling out of me but this prayer changed in a, in a different way slightly different way um, during this time of transition was um, some of you may have picked up from the other Myth Pilgrim episodes I love St. Therese of Lisieux and one of the things St. Therese talks about is um, it's impossible for someone to approach the heart of Jesus without also bringing with them all the people and intentions that they car- that, that person carries like say if I love my family and friends, X, Y, and Z, when I approach Jesus' heart in prayer, I automatically bring those family and friends and X, Y, and Z into the heart of Jesus as well. Like that's how connected love is, and, and being the heart of the body. You know, kind of like it's the it's the one organ that draws the rest of the members in. As this transitional period was happening, I had this sense of I. This is where the, it's very hard to ex- explain in words. I had this sense of. Um, I was bringing all the prayers that I was already praying and those coming into the heart of Jesus. Um, even though, yes, I wasn't, I was physically traveling into the heart of Australia, I, that category no longer existed. Like I sort of, maybe it's a quasi-mystical experience where I'm like, I'm carrying all these prayers into the heart of Jesus, into the heart of Australia. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make any difference. I am now on this particular mission at this time, anointed by the Spirit to carry these prayers into the heart of Jesus in the same way Therese described. So that deepened in me this great love, this great mission for what I was doing. Add to that, <laughs> that night when I um, stopped over at Tennant Creek, which is the last kind of town um, before we hit Alice Springs, the centre of Australia, um, uh, I had Wi-Fi access and um, Tim Kirk, who, is, who was the international leader of the Disciples of Jesus um, community, of which me, the Missionaries of God's Love, are a part of, um, he was sending an email out saying he's in Rome um, with the Pope and with uh, René Recantilemessa and a lot of these big kind of Catholic figures um, at the launch of Caris, uh, which is a, um, uh, a Pope, Pope Francis initiated a, a new kind of coming together of all the Catholic charismatic renewal uh, movements and bodies uh, in this new body of Caris. And he was just saying, you know, you know, the Lord's going to do wonderful things, the Spirit's at work, let's pray for the church and pray for an outpouring of the Spirit on Australia. And I was like, oh, Tim, guess what? Email, you know. Um, I'm currently on this pilgrimage drive from Darwin to Uluru, and I'm praying for Australia. And Tim replied uh, very soon, actually very quickly, despite the time difference, saying, oh, thank you for your email, Lawrence. You know, I'm flying back to Australia the next day. How about I pray for this outpouring of the Holy Spirit from the air (laughs) on the plane down, and, you know, I'll pray for you on your land journey, praying with the same intention. 
So here I was suddenly, not only was I having these St. Therese moments and, you know, praying for Australia, I felt I was somehow connected in, the Spirit was connecting me in with the church eternal, with the, you know, with Rome, with the Pope, with all the intentions of the church. Now, I've had this experience once before where Holy Spirit moment means I realize I'm part, I'm swept up in this bigger story, this bigger eternal reality of the church, you know, that's animated by the Spirit. It happened in my first sort of conversion when I was 21 at Sydney World Youth Day when I suddenly realized oh, I am part of something truly epic and global and eternal. Um, you know, and it's also happened when I first got the gift of tongues, where I was looking at a church in Lima, of all places, in Peru, and just seeing how people were streaming to it. It was the feast day of St. Rose of Lima. Seeing it, how the church in the center of the town was with lights going on, it was, it, was, it was a parade, there was festivals, there was reunions, and me having the sense, this is what the church is, the center, the heart, the focal point of civilization. And at that point, the Holy Spirit kind of, within me, um, I guess, blessed me with the gift of tongues. So anyway, Holy Spirit, church moments, eternal church moments come together. That's what I wanted to express. Just at that moment in Tennant Creek, I just knew this is a deeper movement of the spirits happening that's drawing me into this pilgrimage. Okay, all of that aside, so I eventually, of course, arrive at Uluru um, on day three, three and a half. And you'd think by this stage, well, that's enough. That's, that is the climax. You know, I know why I'm here and I've prayed and I've done my duty and I loved it. You know, I've, thank you, Lord, for giving this opportunity to intercede for your church. The greatest, arguably, the greatest blessing was still to come, and it caught me by surprise. So despite the terrible heat and flies, there are lots of flies in the centre of Australia around June, July, <laughs> um, and the crowds of people sweat, you know, it's, it's, suddenly there was this moment where all the people around me uh, moved off, um, all the flies stopped buzzing around me, and I found myself kind of walking around the base of the rock. We had a couple of half an hour to sort of explore ourselves. I suddenly stumbled across a waterhole. Um, an oasis even, you know, around the waterhole, there was this lush greenery that so I was like, what, what, where does this come from? Suddenly, you know, in the driest place in Australia, in the middle of a rock, in the last place I expected to look, I found this beautiful coolness. And it's like time stopped. Eternity kind of filled my heart at that moment. And I knew within the heart of hearts that the Lord was saying to me, this moment is for you, you alone. And I was, again, like the long drive, I was alone just with the Lord at that time. There was no one else around me. And I had that gentle sense of the Lord saying to me, remember this, my son, remember this, Lawrence, um, that in the midst of your greatest wildernesses in the future, your greatest darkness, your dry spells, there you will find me right at the center, right at the heart. This is a truth I've heard before in, you know, sort of looking at myth archetypes and biblical examples of Moses and stuff. But this was a moment when this entered from head to heart. And I knew that this was the deepest and most profound message the Lord was saying to me, that in the midst of the most inhospitable, hostile environment in the land of Australia is the place of greatest sweetness and beauty. And it was actually, even the temperature was cooled. <laughs> I just felt like this moment of, wow, this is this is truly a gift. And I remember I WhatsApping my friends and family back in uh, Darwin, back at home. The only thing I could say was what Jacob said um, when he encountered the Lord in a place he didn't expect. He said, truly, this is the dwelling place of God, and I never knew it. And since then, dear friends, that's become my favorite um, Bible passage. Okay, so hopefully I'll be able to communicate something of the surprising graces and gifts of this, this journey, this, this kind of yielding to the Holy Spirit. 
um, as a sort of a capstone, as, a, as an epilogue even, <laughs> there was one more delight, one more surprise that came the next day after my, my time in Uluru. Um, so Father Dave Tremble from Darwin had actually arranged already to fly down to meet me at Alice Springs, which is the town nearest to Uluru, um, because we were going to visit uh, one of a friend he had um, who was in prison at that time. So I'm like, oh sure, you know, we'll spend 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 a day with Dave. Um, but we had half a day to kill because the prison kind of um, appointment was in the afternoon, so we had the morning off. And Dave was like, Hey Lawrence, would you like to go and visit a nearby town? I'm like, oh, there's a there's a town nearby, and it's like, yeah, it's about three hours drive. The name of the town is. Santa Teresa. I'm like, what? Santa Teresa? I didn't know this place existed. And it's named after Saint Therese of Lisieux. Believe it or not, I'm like, all this Theresian moments, all this time I've been travelling from Darwin to Uluru, I never knew this town existed. And suddenly, at the heart of hearts in Australia, there is a town named after Saint Therese of Lisieux. So, again, I mean, coincidence? Yeah, you could, you could call that, but no. At this stage in the journey, I knew... The Lord had scripted this right from the start. He gave me all those years ago a love for St. Therese. He gave me that, that intuition to bring all the prayers into the heart of, of Australia. And so when I finally, you know, driven, having driven all that, all that time, arrived in Santa Teresa, went into the church of St. Therese, um, just pure bliss and gratitude and praise for what the Lord is doing, will continue to do in my life. And I, uh, in terms of a photo, I took a photo with Father Dave um, in front of the statue in St. Therese, uh, the Church of St. Therese in Santa Teresa that I'll leave on the Myth Pilgrim. And you can see I'm quite content and <laughs> delighted at that point. Okay, so praise God. Praise the Holy Spirit for the way he works and will continue to work in the same way in my life and in your life too. That might be the end of my testimony. Thanks for sharing this <laughs> epic journey, reliving the journey with me. It has been a privilege to be able to share something that's been so dear to me um, for so many years. And a lot of the Myth Pilgrim episodes, even now, that you know, the talk about the wilderness and finding... Um, treasure in the desert, or that that theme, that isn't just me studying myth archetypes and all that. It actually is coming from this place of having really encountered treasure in the desert, hence the name of this episode. Obviously, this is just one testimony of how the spirit works. It doesn't have to be nearly this epic in most people's lives. In fact, in most of days of my life, that's not how the spirit works at all. It's in gentle, subtle ways, um, but definitely I encourage you to be open, especially this Pentecost, and say yes to how the Spirit may be anointing and, and moving you, and to be open to unexpected ways of how He can lead you um, to experience God and your faith in a way um, you didn't or have not for you. Okay, thanks guys for sharing um, in this journey forth. Take care and God bless. <laughs>